Okay, guys, listen up. This one's for you, and I'll cut right to the chase. The life expectancy for men in America has decreased. Yep, you heard me right. Your life expectancy has gone down, and by a full year. Such a decrease has not occurred in a 100 years, not since 1921 to 1923. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. American men now have a life expectancy of 73.2 years. This, according to the National Center for Health Statistics of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. For women, their new life expectancy age is 79.1 years, and it declined as well, just not as much as ours. The essential question then becomes, why the decline? And what can we do to extend it to get our years back? In pursuit of those answers, we turned to Denver Health and booked a hasty appointment with Dr. Tom McKenzie. We've seen life expectancy for both men and women increase uh, over um, the last century until very recently. And uh, we saw a drop in life expectancy for both men and women by, you know, two to three years uh, since uh, 2019. So the last two years, we've seen a drop of about three years in life expectancy for men. And it's the first time we've seen that drop in in many, many years. Wow. Wow. At the hospital there, uh, are there specific challenges that you're seeing with appointments for men? Where are they coming in saying, I got this, I have that? which also may be contributing to the uh, lower life expectancy? Well, I would say, just to talk about the causes of this drop, the most important cause has been COVID-19. That's been the uh, disease that's come up in the last two years that has led to this uh, decrease in life expectancy. There are other contributors as well, um, uh, in addition to COVID-19, but that's been the most important one. Yeah. And... um, you know, our, we uh, are not seeing major changes in the health status of men who seek care in our in our clinics uh-huh. uh, other than COVID-19. It turns out that early in the pandemic, we actually, people stopped driving around and stopped uh, uh, getting out of the house. And we saw a drop in uh, trauma cases uh, early in the pandemic. We actually saw a big drop in influenza and other pulmonary diseases because of the mask wearing, um, but uh, those did not offset the, the the deaths that we saw from COVID-19, which were really extraordinary. Ordinarily, men's health issues may include what? The number one, heart disease, stroke, depression. Yeah, heart disease is the is the biggest killer among men. Um, cancer would be number two. And at least in the last couple of years, COVID-19 is number three. Yeah. Uh, but we mostly focus on, you know, the prevention of heart disease in men. And that includes interventions to make sure patients are eating right, exercising every day. And, uh, and if they require it, making sure that they're on medications to control blood pressure and high cholesterol and diabetes. Is that the, the real key to heart disease is nutrition? So we eat better and eat right, then the heart says, hey, I like that, I'll be around longer. Is that the key to it, or is there other things we got to stop doing to make sure the heart remains healthy? Well, that's a really good question. The, the, the factors that drive an increase in heart disease disease are both preventable and non-preventable. The non-preventable ones are age and gender. So men tend to get more 
um, heart disease than women. And as you get older, you're at higher risk for heart disease. Really? However, the, um, the modifiable risk factors that we think about a lot are things like high blood pressure. We know that if we control your blood pressure, that we can reduce the risk of having a heart attack down the road. Uh-huh. Cigarette smoking is probably the most important. Um, there are still a number of uh, adults who smoke cigarettes, and we know that that is, uh, increases dramatically your risk for uh, having a heart attack or having your heart stop. Uh, high cholesterol is another important risk factor. And, um, and we also think about obesity as being an independent risk factor for the development of heart disease. And so the things we can do to reduce the risk of uh, obesity-related illnesses are uh-huh. better nutrition and, uh, and more regular exercise. More regular exercise, especially if you're having a couple of beers watching the game. You know, you right. need to go out and get some exercise afterwards. That's right. To do something about that. Where does a stroke fit into this? So stroke is a is another manifestation of disease in the arteries. So uh, your arteries supply blood both to the muscle of the heart, but also to the brain. And when you have things like high cholesterol and um, high, high blood pressure, that creates narrowings in those arteries. Yeah. And when the narrowing gets critical in the heart, that results in a heart attack. So that's a lack of blood supply to your heart. When the narrowing becomes critical in the blood flow to your brain, that can lead to a stroke. Ah. That's when the brain doesn't get enough uh, uh, blood. And that can be from a narrowing of the arteries or, in some, or sometimes from the development of a clot in the artery that shuts off the blood supply. I'm sure some listeners are going to say right off the top, well, I would think our shortening is going to be because of prostate cancer. And that's one thing men really don't go and get checked enough. How does prostate cancer enter into the equation? And lung, well, lung cancer comes from probably from smoking, but prostate yeah. uh, cancer, uh, how does that fit, fit into that's the a, That's a the really equation? good question. You know, cancer is uh, overall, cancer is sort of the number two killer among men. Uh-huh. Um, we have not seen a change in the last two years in prostate cancer. So the decline we've seen in age, and sorry, in life expectancy in the last two years uh, is doesn't have anything to do with cancer and heart disease. It's all about COVID and unintentional injuries. Really? Prostate cancer is... Um, uh, has had a steady prevalence for many years. It's something that um, uh, is difficult to connect to detect early in life. Um, and there are some people who end up having prostate cancer, but they never know it. Um, turns out the, the stats are kind of remarkable that in men over the age of 80, more than half of them will have evidence of prostate cancer, uh, and they may not have even known it whether diagnosed or not diagnosed. And so many people live with prostate cancer, but it's not what actually ends their life. Now, there are some forms of aggressive prostate cancer, and when we identify those, we have good treatments to um, uh, limit the spread of the prostate cancer and put people into uh, remission for many years. The question becomes, though, because because some men can live with prostate cancer, does that spread a false sense of security that I don't need to get checked. If I get it, I'm going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, our recommendations are generally that people who have symptoms related to their prostate, if they have, 
you know, difficult, get difficulty with urinating, trouble uh, emptying their bladder, having to get up at night multiple times, that's a reason to come in and have your prostate uh, checked. Uh, there's a lot of controversy on the use of a blood test called PSA, yeah. and to use that in men who don't have any symptoms. Uh, there are some organizations that recommend we should be doing that regularly. At Denver Health here, we don't recommend regular screening unless you have uh, symptoms because there are some risks to screening. Well, you, you know, you say there's some risk to screening, but if you have diabetes, don't you also get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom too? How do you know the difference between the two? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so if uh, you're right that both swelling of the prostate and diabetes can lead to increased urination at nighttime. Diabetes often comes with many other uh, issues such mm -hmm. as uh, great thirst and uh, you may have trouble with your nerves. You may, and generally people with diabetes, um, if they get it later in life, tend to be overweight and have other chronic illnesses like hypertension. And so we, we tend to do screening tests for diabetes as well. And that's a, there's an easy way to distinguish between urinating from diabetes and urinating from a prostate problem. Ah, there is. You mentioned something a little while ago. You said unintentional injury. What are you talking about there? Uh, uh, being a little too risky riding the motorcycle around town? Yeah, it's good. It's a broad category that the CDC uses to identify um, causes of death. And uh, unintentional in injury is a broad category that includes things like motor vehicle accidents, uh, boating accidents, mm -hmm. motorcycle accidents, as you mentioned. Uh, they also include unintentional injuries from firearms. And, uh, and when you lump all those together, uh, we've seen... Uh, an increase in those in the last two years that has contributed in part to the drop in the life expectancy. An intentional injury, when I first saw it, I said, what would that precisely mean? So thank you for giving us uh, some insight to that one. Are we seeing a lowering of life expectancy as well among Latino and Hispanic men and African-American men as well? Yeah, it turns out that uh, there is a, a fairly sizable disparity that we're seeing in life expectancy. You know, overall, men have seen a drop of about 3.1 years in life expectancy between 2019 and 2021. Uh, but among Hispanics, it's dropped by about 4%. Uh, among blacks, it's about 4%. And among American Indians and Alaska Natives, it's down more than 6%. 6%? Yeah, and that's really? over. And that's overall among men. I believe the figure for um, men who are American Indian or Alaskan Native, it's up to I think seven percent decline. Yeah, yeah. Is some of that driven by culture? Because when you think of some uh, Native Americans, uh, most of them don't live in urban settings like ours. They live elsewhere, and so for them to drop like that, maybe that has to do with culture or or some background environmental issue? It, uh, it probably is very complex. Uh, I think it may have to do with access to healthcare resources. It may have to do with um, educational systems. It may have to do with social support uh, in their communities. And you're right, it could be an urban versus rural issue as well. Yeah, yeah. How much of this, especially with uh, 
Latino and African-American men with younger ones is driven by gun violence. Does that also impact life expectancy? Yeah, I don't know that I have the specific data that stratifies it by age, but Mm -hmm. that is something that we're seeing. Um, You know, it turns out that when you look at the data for black patients, that that the, the, the COVID and the unintentional injuries are high on the list. Uh, but we don't see homicide. We see suicide show up as a contributor for the last couple of years. Um, do men have a higher level of depression, getting and feeling the blues, and we try to be tough and keep it inside of us? Yeah, it's certainly very prevalent among men. And uh, you're right that I think there is a there is a cultural resistance to wanting to get help for depression. Uh, we see fewer men seek help for feelings of uh, being blue or down, and uh, we men have a sense of stigma for seeing a psychologist or a psychiatrist that may be more so than we see in women. And so we do see um, the, the rate of suicide is there's a concerning trend over many years now. Um, and uh, whatever we can do to lower the barriers to access for mental health care for men and women, uh, that's a high priority for healthcare institutions like ours. When you don't have good mental health or depression, that can lead to physical problems as well because it leads to stress and the body breaks down under continued stress, if I read that right. That's correct, and I think people have less motivation to take care of their physical health when they're not feeling well mentally. So we tend to uh, eat more poorly, we tend to drink more, we tend to not engage in healthy lifestyles like exercise when we're feeling like our mental health isn't tip-top. So I think you're also saying that it's really good for men to have good, positive social relationships, which can lift a lot of that depression off and or at least uh, inspire them to manage it better. Yeah, it's super important. In fact, one of the important points of data that we see is that men who are in healthy relationships are Uh at much lower risk for suicide and depression. Paying a house call with us, so to speak, is Dr. Tom McKennessy at Denver Health. Our focus is the decline in men's life expectancy and how to get some of those years back. We'll continue our conversation with him on our next edition. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And many thanks to you as well for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.